0: It's 8.30 in time once again for the Bible broadcast with Evangelist Keith Allison. Well, let me say what a real blessing and honor it is to be on the radio again today. And I want to welcome you, dear listener, to the Bible broadcast. This is Evangelist Keith Allison out of Demarest, Georgia. And I do want to welcome you to this 30 minutes of Bible study and Bible exposition. I count it an honor that God has entrusted me uh, by putting me into the ministry And then uh, entrusted me with the radio ministry. And I'm certainly thankful that God has uh, opened these doors and kept us on the radio. I've been on the radio now since 1984. And uh, I thank God for all of these good years that he's given me to share the gospel uh, across the country uh, via the radio waves. And I'm so honored to have you today as a listener I would like to say that today's program is sponsored by Keith Allison Ministries. This is a faith-based, listener-supported ministry, and so I'm glad to have you today as a listener. If you are a first-time listener, please mark the time of the day and the station on which you are listening, and you can come back uh, this same time next week, the Lord willing, and we'll be back on the air sharing another message out of the Word of God. And so uh, we just look forward to to, uh, being with you again. And uh, I would encourage uh, all of you to uh, visit my website, and that is KeithAllisonMinistries.com, KeithAllisonMinistries.com. On the website, you'll see a short-term itinerary, You'll see the places that I will be over the next couple of months. And my wife keeps that posted and filled in as the appointments come. And then you'll see the radio stations that I am currently on, as well as the books that I have written and how that you can order those. And let me encourage you to go to the website and uh, utilize that information uh, as you see fit. And you can listen to most of these radio stations online. Most of them stream uh, online. And so you can basically Google their call letters and pull them up and just click on where they'll have an icon that says listen live. And uh, most of you can hear. And, uh, and so you can look at the radio station uh, that's closest to you or the time that would fit. And you can listen online. We'd love for you to do that. All right. Today I want to open the Word of God to the book of Matthew. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 7. Matthew, chapter number 7. And I want to read the first five verses here in Matthew 7. The Bible says, Judge not that ye be not judged. And behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So, the Lord willing, I want to deal with these five verses today, and I want to speak on how to remove a moat. How to remove a moat. And of course, the moat is that that is in thy brother's eye in verse number three. And so we're going to look at these five verses and kindly explain them and deal with them uh, to the best of our ability. I want to start by saying that verse number one is probably quoted by sinners, that is people that have never been saved. This verse is probably quoted more than any other verse in the Bible. I have heard it quoted to me many times as you are maybe talking to someone and they'll say, well, you know what the Bible says, judge not, judge not. So, uh, if you try to witness to someone with an indication or with the assumption that they are unsaved and that they need the Lord, then they may immediately say, well, you know, the Bible says you're not to judge. You're not to judge. And then uh, somebody that is saved, if, if they're maybe out of the will of God or doing things they should not do, and if anybody says anything to them, they'll rush to this verse and they'll say, well, you know, Jesus said to judge not, so y'all not judge. Well, I want to help you understand this today, and I want to try to clear up some things and just let be a blessing in, in maybe explaining a little bit of this today. Now, the question then needs to be asked, is this verse forbidding us to judge anybody. And I say to you, the answer to that is no. It is not forbidding you and I to make a judgment concerning someone. I believe what this does forbid is a critical thought finding spirit that condemns other people without facts, and you're simply judging their motives. In other words, you see or hear of someone doing something, and without you knowing the full uh, facts of the case, without you knowing the circumstance or what they were going through, you just immediately pass judgment with a critical fault finding spirit and you condemn that individual i have done that and i'm sure everybody has and how many times have we at first sound we have passed judgment with a very critical fault finding attitude later to be uh, to for us to find out how wrong that we really were even though the person may have said or done what we heard they had said or done, but when we initially passed judgment upon them, we did not have the facts nor the full understanding of the situation. And so we were judging them based and judging their motive without having an understanding. So I think this is what he's talking about. Now, you say, well, no, he said to judge not. Okay, let's just take that. Let's just assume for a moment that the Lord is simply saying that we are never to judge, that we're never to sit in judgment of anybody for any reason whatsoever. Well, then you explain to me how we could do what Paul tells us to do in Romans 16 and verse 17. He said, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and contrary and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they are such that serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies. So how can we do that? Is not this text calling for us to make a judgment on a particular person or a situation? And again, he's saying mark them which cause divisions and defenses. In other words, the facts are there. So we are to somewhat sit in judgment in order to do that. And then I have another one that we could consider, and I'm actually going to read over here in a moment. But he said in chapter 6 and verse 1 of the book of Galatians, Paul said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. How do we know he's overtaken in a fault? Are, are we then passing a judgment upon someone? Are we then making a determination based on the facts that this person has backslidden on the Lord? Are we pa- ma- making that judgment? Yes, we are. So the context of Matthew 5 is not strictly forbidding you and I, based upon facts, to make a a judgmental decision about someone or about an action or a state that they may be in or or something they've done. If you continue reading in Matthew chapter number 7, he said that every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. So the Lord is telling us that We can, somebody said I may not be a judge, but I can be a fruit inspector. Amen? And so that's what he's saying. Every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. So he's saying that we can make a determination upon a person based upon what they do. But there is a caution here. Because you and I may not have the full facts. And we may jump the gun with, a again, a critical fault-finding spirit and condemn someone without having the full facts. And this is what I believe Matthew 7 is talking about. Now, he does not mention the Pharisees and the Sadducees in this text, But we do know that so much of his teaching was concerning the hypocritical judgment that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were making against the people when they themselves were doing the same thing. So let's examine this carefully. He said, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So the first thing we need to know is that the measure of judgment that you will use that is on someone else will also be the measure that's used against you. So if you are quick to judge people and if you are quick to be a critic, and to be a, a fault finder in somebody else's life without knowing the situation, then that same measure is going to be used against you. So there is a danger here. You know that what the Bible says, you're going to reap what we, reap what we sow. And so it will come back to you both by the way people treat you and also by the way God will judge you. Let me illustrate it another way. If you are quick to have a critical thought-finding attitude and judgment concerning people and you do that over and over, people know that. They notice that about you. And so the way that you then begin to treat other people with that critical thought-finding attitude will turn out to be the way that people will judge you. You will gain the reputation of being someone that is critical and fault finding and that same measure of judgment will be used against you. And I also believe that even in the day when we are judged by God himself, I believe that if we've had a habit of being judgmental without facts and being Uh, judgmental, with no mercy and no graciousness about us, just very critical, then I'm afraid that God may not show you and I mercy in the day of our judgment. I'm talking about as believers at the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be judged in mercy, don't you? I want to be judged based on the facts and in mercy, and I want God uh, to be merciful to me. And so if I want God to judge me mercifully, then I need to be judging others with that same measure. So let me say number one, the measure of judgment you use will also be used against you. But we find something else in verses number three through five. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye? But now look, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye. Secondly, to miss your own fault is hypocritical. You see, it is so easy to see what's wrong in somebody else's life. But when's the last time we have looked in the mirror? And I'm talking about me as well. When's the last time we've looked in the mirror? So to miss, Your own fault is hypocritical to sit in judgment of others when you yourself are doing the same thing and sometimes worse things, then that's being hypocritical. And then I noticed something else about this. Did you notice? Uh, He says, and why beholdest thou the moat? Now, a moat is like a little splinter. It's like getting a little piece of sawdust in your eye. So that our brother has the mote in his eye, and he said, "But considereth not the beam, and the beam here is like a big old two before it's like something that's real big, the beam that is in thine own eye. In other words, we will notice the small and possibly insignificant thing in someone else's life, but we will miss the large obstacle. The large beam that's in our life, and you know where the beam is at. It's in the eye. What is the eye? The eye gathers light. You're, the way the eye works. What you see, the light. The eye takes that light in, and, and your brain uh, through the through that uh, delicacy. Uh, and 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 the and the working parts of your eyeball, the brain processes the light and what your eye sees, and so it that that light has to come in through that eye. And you know good and well that if you've got a beam in your eye, then the light is obstructed. If you have a beam in your eye, then light is not coming in. And so if we. Uh, have a, a large area that's wrong in our own life, then that itself could be a hindrance in how that we see with light. And so in, in this in this uh, usage that Jesus is talking about, to miss our own fault is hypocritical to sit in judgment of someone else without knowing the fact and without understanding the situation and without comparing it to your own life and being critical and fault finding when you yourself have got... You see, where's the modad in this brother? It's in his eye. Where's the beam at in your eye? It's in your eye. So both of them, the brother and this man, they have something in their eye. So what Jesus is saying is there is a similarity... In the problem But the person that's being the judge Has a greater problem But there is a similarity there Because it's both related to the eye And so when you sit in judgment of someone If you'll look real closely You may realize That you've got a problem In the same area that they do Just like the eye But because of your problem Lie is obstructed And you're not noticing your own eye We better examine ourselves So we see number one The measure of judgment you use Will also be used against you Number two To miss your own fault Is hypocritical He said in verse five Thou hypocrite Now listen He said thou hypocrite First Cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly. Notice that? With the beam in your eye, you can't see clearly. That means when you're looking at your brother with a mold in his eye, how do you know you're really seeing the facts? Because your vision is blurred. You're the one that has a vision problem, But now you're with a vision problem, but you're thinking that you're able to sit in judgment with somebody else. He says you need to clean your own eye out. And he said, see clearly to cast the mold out of thy brother's eye. So number three, we see the must, the must of recognizing your own sin before you help others. Because your own sin can cloud and obstruct your vision. And instead of helping someone, you may just make it worse because you're not capable and you're not able to help them because of the moat that is in your own eye. Oh my, I hope you see this. There is a similarity of the problem. One has a moat, the other has a beam. They're in the same place. They're in the eye. And the one that has the beam, he cannot see clearly. But yet he thinks that he sees the problem in his brother and he wants to clean him up. He wants to sit in judgment of him when he himself cannot see clearly because of his own beam, his own own problem. Now, can I say that sin is self blinding. The sinner doesn't see his own sin. Sin is self hardening. In other words, someone that is being hardened by their own sin, they do not care for the feelings of others and they become fault finding because it is pleasing to them. The fault finding appeases their own conscience. So sin is self-blinding. Sin is self-hardening. But sin is also self dissatisfied. In other words, that sinner can never be content or never be satisfied, and they're just like a troubled sea that is not at rest. And it is easy for somebody like that to always be looking for a problem with somebody else. My, my, this is really serious stuff. So how do we remove a moat? Well, number one, we're to help remove moats out of people's eyes. In other words, if you've got someone that, that you know, based on their life and their actions, that they've got a problem, they're not right with God, they need some help, Well, number one, when you go to help them, number one, you need to consider your own sin and your own weakness first. Be reminded of the fact that you're no better than they are. You may not be in the same situation that they're in, but as to person for person, you're no better than they are. So if you're going to help them, Do not go and sit in judgment upon them as if they were someone lesser than you and you are too good uh, to do what they've done or you're too holy to do what they've done. No, neighbor, you need to go considering your own sin and your own weakness. They may have fallen in the area that you're going to try to help them in, but what area have you fallen in? So really, we're no better than the next guy. Number two, you need to do what you're going to do in order to edify them or to build them up. You're not going just to criticize. You're not going to take pleasure in putting them down. You're not going, a friend, to make yourself feel better because you they're down and you're, be, you're going to be the one to, uh, to show them that. You're not going to put another notch in your pistol and to make yourself feel spiritual and look what you've done. But what you do, you're to do it for the edification of that believer. The Bible says in Romans 14 in verse 13, Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. But he said this later on uh, in verse number 19. He said, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. You're to build them up. You're to edify them. And Paul goes on in Romans 15 talking about the same thing. We then that are strong, if you think you're a stronger Christian than that individual that you feel like needs your help, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. What's our example? For even Christ, please not himself, But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. But what he's saying is, in all of this, is that we're to do what we do to edify that individual, not to kick them down and to condemn them, but to build them up. So how do we remove the up? By considering our own sin and weakness. By seeking to edify that one that has the problem. And then in Galatians 6, 1, we are to do it in the spirit of meekness. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, listen now, Ye which are spiritual, in other words, you're not acting like a baby. You're not acting like a, a carnal man, but you're trying to be spiritual. You which are spiritual, look now, restore such a one, how do we go? Not with a haughty spirit, not out of pride, not out of better than thou attitude, not with a a condemning judgmental attitude. He said, but in the spirit of meekness, in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Oh, friend, God help us. We have so wounded one another. May we get beyond that and seek to help one another. In Ephesians chapter number 4, he says this in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love. So if you're going to help somebody, you're going to tell them the truth, right? But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. So we're to do that in love. Paul wrote in Romans chapter number 13, he said, that for, he said this in verse 10, love worketh no will to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And if your neighbor is fallen and you want to help him to get up, do it out of love. You love that individual. Love will cover a multitude of sins, the Bible says. Oh, my friend, do we love them? So let's do it considering our own sin and weakness. Let's do it edifying the other individual. Let's do it in the spirit of meekness. Let's do it out of love. And let's do it, listen, fifthly and lastly, let's do it the way we would want people to help us. So put put the shoe on the other foot. If you happen to be out of God's will, if you happen to have done something that has brought Uh, 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 A scorn in your life To the church How would you want someone to come and help you The Bible said Therefore Matthew 7 12 Therefore all things whatsoever you would That men should do to you Do ye even so to them For this is the law and the prophets And that's the uh, That's that golden rule Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you So how do you remove the mold Out of your brother's eye the same way that you'd want him to remove it out of your eye. May the Lord help us today. Amen. I hope the message has been a help to you, and I know that you'll take it and do as God would have you to do. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Keith Allison Ministries of Demarest, Georgia. You can write at P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia, 30531. You can text or call 706-968-1182. Go to my website, KeithAllisonMinistries.com. And until next time, keep looking up for Jesus is coming. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ, Murrayville, Gainesville, and W248DL, Murrayville, Gainesville. It's nine o'clock